from Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour with your host, Alexander. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between and beyond, this is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and also available on all good podcast platforms. I'm Alexander Leibnan. This is edition 121. It's week 27 of 2023. And here it is. We're in July. And I'm excited to be with you once again. If you would like to send through your questions, your comments, your feedback, please do so. Email editor at santantimes.co.za. Connect with us on social media at santantimes and visit the website santantimes.co.za. And if you're listening live on Mix 93.8 and not on the podcast, well, you can connect on the WhatsApp line. It's open 084-822-0938. 084-822-0938. A special welcome to everyone listening in Johannesburg and Pretoria, across South Africa, or anywhere else in the world where you pick up this podcast and this broadcast, either be it online or on air, wherever you are, I'm happy to report that all is well in Santanland. And I'm uh, joined once again by my man behind the mixing desk, Vincenzo. Good to have you back. And uh, what a week it has been and what a week is ahead of us. But uh, before I do anything else, please indulge me as I wish my dad a very happy and blessed 89th birthday this week. And I hope you have a fabulous week, a fabulous year ahead. And uh, yeah, may you be blessed with health and happiness. Coming up on this week's show, uh, she has recently stepped into the role of CEO of a major marketing and advertising agency right here in Santon. And she joins me on the Santon Times Hour for one of her first big interviews. More of that coming up shortly. Then if you've thought of changing up your office space or you've been a long-time shared office space user, I'll be chatting to the CEO of one such space that is uh, on a path to expand further. So more to come. And after that, there's a new mobile solution in town. And I'm joined by the CEO to find out what makes them different in a highly competitive market. So stay tuned for that. And if you've thought of getting an inverter or a solar panel, and uh, how do you make sure that you're getting the right deal and you're not uh, dealing with the wrong person? Well, I'm joined by the CEO of South Africa's largest independent insurance broker to make sure all your T's are crossed and I's are dotted. And finally, I wrap up the hour as I'm joined by the South African Reserve Bank to chat about our new currency coming to an ATM near you. There's no headlines uh, for this week as we've got a lot to get through, but uh, let's kick things off first with our first track for the hour. Show some love. Subscribe. Share. Leave a review and rating for the Santon Times Hour on your favorite podcast app now. It's a good question because lots of people have asked us that. You know, what are you going to do going forward? That's a great question. It's a critically important question. Such a great and uh, interesting question. I have not even thought about that until you've just said it. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and also available on all good podcast platforms. And that was Calvin Harris featuring Neo. Let's go. And uh, yeah, let's go. Let's get the hour started. I'm thrilled to be joined by Roxana Ravji. She's the CEO of Densu South Africa. And if you're not familiar with the industry, if you're not familiar with Densu, well, Densu International is one of the largest global marketing and advertising agency networks in the world. So Roxana steps into the role of CEO, but she's been doing it for a little bit. And Roxana, how are you finding uh, this new role that you find yourself in? Thank you so much for having me. It has been an incredible journey. I've loved every moment. Uh, I officially started in March, so I'm still 
quite fresh in, but I do feel like I've been here forever. What are some of the major challenges facing the sector right now that you've kind of stepped into? Uh, a lot of our attention matrices have become a problem, the fragmentation of audiences. Uh, we've seen an increase in procurement push, which has led to a chase of the bottom line, purely looking at price, a lesser focus on building brands and maintaining share. And obviously, the pressure of our failing economy on brands operating in South Africa is putting massive pressure on budgets, which means that agencies are being pushed for more and more with less reward. So, I mean, in sort of, in sort of in layman's terms, to sort of summarize that, I mean, where 20 or 30 years ago, we found ourselves with four TV channels and three radio stations and a couple of newspapers. Now you're having to decide where that marketing spend goes across social media, WhatsApp groups, a gazillion TV channels, I mean, podcasts, radio stations, the whole lot. And I mean, that just makes it an unbelievably challenging minefield to have to work through. Uh, so incredibly enough, it's actually not very difficult on our side. The one good thing about Denso and what does set us apart in this very competitive market is innovation. Uh, we have incredible tools that we've launched from Zeitgeist, which is our social listening tools, to out of home marketplace to the launch of Night Vision. Everything that we do, all our ideas are led by data because we are an ideas-led, data-driven, tech-enabled company. I know it sounds like a long line, but that is exactly what we do. There's intelligence in any proposal, in any platform, in any medium that we utilize for client. And we actually utilize this data to determine how spin should be done. Uh, innovation is key to what we do. Uh, a few weeks ago, I'm sure you're aware, we launched our latest innovation tech called Night Vision. And we are seeing an incredible improvement and upliftment in performance and engagement matrix. It automatically taps into load shedding schedules to optimize mobile media exposure in real time. And what it allows you to do is it boosts your investment as a client into the load shedded areas through AI integration, geotagging capabilities, and it allows you to capture a more attractive, attentive and engaged audience to serve them with proper contextual relevant messages. So we are continuously focusing on innovation value and growth in this very, very competitive market. Well, listen, that must certainly be a South African first, having to come up with solutions around load shedding, especially in the marketing and advertising <laughs> yes. space. Roxana, you spent quite a bit of time in the event space early on in your career. Uh, any skills that you've kind of decided to bring into your more corporate career? Anything that the events uh, business taught you that you still find yourself implementing on a daily basis? Events will always be very, very close to me. Um, you know, you have that saying, thinking out of the box. What events do, it's more like creating the box, being able to see the larger picture, finding the right structure, the mythology, the execution plan, how to succeed. Events and experiential teaches you the importance of planning strategy, which is key skills to have in a role like this. But over and above that, the right way of communicating, dedication to client service, problem solving. And I think my favorite, knowing how to remain calm and clear headed always. I must say, when I was in the event space, my favorite used to be uh, uh, doing the taster menus. Because you always got <laughs> to... Yeah, man, you got to taste ahead of time what was good, what wasn't, and what needed some changing. But um, yeah, you, you mentioned the main attraction to uh, to joining Dentsu in South Africa. Obviously, there's a focus on women, youth, people mentorship, development. 
Uh, why is that important to you? And, uh, and, and how are you hoping that you're going to leave your fingerprint on those things and so much more? And so personally, I've lived through poverty, which led to a lack of access. And Denso focuses on creating this access to staff and South Africans. We have an incredible uh, internship program, which is unparalleled to other agencies, where many staff that are currently on our senior levels actually started off as interns. We focus on bursaries and giving more and more access to people. The focus of access is very important to me. In a world where having access to the internet is a norm, it's scary that people still do not have access in the rural areas. I want to enhance the current plans, but I'm including a few additional development plans, including a youth-focused approach program, allowing us to give access in the rural areas and growing our empowerment across South Africa. And uh, in, a, in an interview, I think it was late last year, uh, you mentioned the importance of, of having no regrets in life. So on that note, uh, is there still anything on your to-do list or bucket list uh, in the in the not-too-distant future that you want to tick off? You know, I may be an optimist, but honestly, I actually have no regrets. I do what I love. I love what I do. I surround myself with people that push me further. My bucket list currently is focused on taking Dentsu to number one, adding value and innovating the business in an ever-growing, evolving world of marketing, media, creative, and data. I really want to create and foster an environment for growth, passion, and ensuring everyone knows their true value and the role that they play in the success of Gensu. We dream loud, we inspire change, and we are a force for good. And it's something that I want to grow and push and develop and live by for the next few years at Gensu. Well, there you have it, Roxana Ravji, CEO of Dentsu South Africa, checking in with her as she steps into this new role in the advertising and marketing space. I thank you for making the time to be on the Santon Times Hour. Thank you for having me. Promote your brand. Advertise your business. Our audience could be your next client. Contact the Santon Times today. The best of talk and music in one hour. This is the Santon Times Hour. Well, this past week I had uh, the pleasure of uh, catching up with someone over lunch. And it's always great when you get to sit down with business leaders over lunch. You get to get some insight. It's much more informal. And it's amazing where the conversation goes when you actually spend a bit of time in a, a casual environment, chatting about uh, what's happening in business, uh, where things are going. And I'm thrilled to be reconnecting again with uh, Paul Kirsten. He's the co-founder and CEO of Workshop 17. And, and if you've heard that name before, you might know Workshop 17 as a, a co-working space, a space where if you're a digital nomad or you're somebody who's starting up or even if you're an established company and you're looking for workspace, this is uh, the kind of place you would go to and you would probably find a whole bunch of services and obviously an environment that you can work in. But to talk about this and more is uh, Paul is on the line. And, and Paul, tell us a little bit more about how Workshop 17 has evolved from where you've started to where you are now. Thanks. And thanks for having me. We started um, 11 years ago in the inner city in Maboneng, Jeppe. And Mark Seftel and myself, we really wanted to create a nice place, a cool place for entrepreneurs, innovators to do their thing, to meet each other and to grow and to create solutions for a better South Africa. At that point in time, co-working in South Africa was, was very new and was considered very niche. So if you don't have an office, you can go to co-working until you're big enough to have your own office or big enough to move to Santa and have a real address and not sit in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that that is where we started. It was people found it cool. It was a bit alternative. We we did events. We still do a lot of events. So corporates can come to us for events. Corporates even came to Mabuneng because it's a different way to have an event and they engage with the startups. So there, there was this kind of nice melting pot. Um, but fast forward to now, and it, it went gradually, but over COVID, it, it really um, sped up in a, a development that actually was happening slowly, slowly for the last 20 years, that we really need to rethink office. And in one sense, Workshop 17 is not a co-working space for, for, for the edge market, but it's a workspace solution for everyone. It caters to hybrid work, it caters to um, dispersed teams in different locations, it caters for corporate as well as a startup, and it caters for the new need of office. So before COVID, we thought work happens at the office and home is home. Some people would drive to the office, sit in one hour, hour of traffic, sit in their cubicle, speak to no one, do their work and go home. Then not even know, actually, if I want to be alone, I can do that at home, mostly, if you have backup power. And that's another story. But um, people go to the office not to sit on their own. They, they go to the office to meet to meet people, to get inspired. One of the big complaints in COVID was that the conversation that you have with your partner, spouse, or friend is about who's cleaning up, who's, taking the, who's doing the homeschooling for the kids, uh, what do we eat tonight, um, but that's not enough to be inspired at work. It's also not enough to do the work that you do. So you need inspiration, different conversations, uh, able to, to meet someone that you weren't planning on meeting, but it made your day or it gave you an idea or a thought that you didn't have before. And, and it gives you a sense of belonging. If you go to an workspace now, it's because you want to belong to your company, your colleagues, to a community. And that is what Workshop 17 caters for. The interesting thing there is that um, what it does, because you have a mix of companies, we have big corporates using our space, and we have startups using our space. We have internationals using our space and locals using our space, young and old. And, and that melting pot actually makes it much more exciting than the traditional office where you sit next to the same colleague every day again. Now you go to one of, one of the cafes uh, in Workshop 17, you get your coffee and you start a conversation with someone you haven't met before. And it turns out to give a business opportunity or sparks an idea or it's just a nice chat, something that uplifts you. And that is, I think, what Workshop 17 now provides. And it provides anything from the individual to a big corporate that says, well, we have a we had an office of um, 1,500 square meters, but no one's people are coming in, but not all, not all of them. So we sit with 20 or 40 people in this 1,500 square meters and we get lost. Can we not get 400 square meters with you guys? And have just have the team in Santon um, in their own space, but also use your cafe, use your meeting facilities, so we have less cost. But we have also a team sitting in Cape Town, which is smaller. Instead of having our own regional office, we'll put them in Workshop 17. So the other demand developments happening that the office is not one place, the workplace is not one place. It's actually home. It's a cafe. It's a Workshop 17, and and we blend it together. Um, at the moment in seven different locations and that we're going to double in the coming two years. Well, you've lined that up quite nicely now. I mean, that was going to be my next question in terms of your expansion plans. I know we briefly chatted uh, that you've got uh, some uh, some space in Mauritius. So there's, there's two yeah. locations there. There's plans to kind of further expand. And I want to sort of touch on two points here. The one is the expansion plans, but also how some companies are also using those kind of locations like Mauritius as part of their HR strategy 
to attract uh, top talent to come work for those organizations, which I thought was quite interesting. True. Yes. First, the expansion. I think the, the expansion is when Mark and I started, we felt like it's actually a crime to set people in traffic or in a taxi for one and a half hour in the morning, one and a half hour in the evening to go to a place that's not beautiful and that they don't even want to go to yeah. often. So let's create beautiful places, but places closer to where people live. So our expansion is not because we want to conquer the world, but we want to create a high, um, high quality, beautiful, diverse workplace close to where people live. So you don't have to sit one and a half hour, but that you you start out in the north in job work um, before going to Santon, but then you go to Santon at 10 o'clock, and instead of spending an hour in traffic, you spend 25 minutes. Um, so providing a space close to where people live, which is in the different areas. We, we are going to open in, in Balito soon, early next year. That is one thing. Mauritius has been calling us for many years, and we wondered, why Mauritius? Why, why should we open in Mauritius? Because most South Africans know Mauritius as a holiday destination. Yeah. But Mauritius is interesting because with, with this current situation that you can work from anywhere, where you, where you want to live, becomes important. So the work follows where people want to live. And it links into your question about the HR strategy. I think the workplace that you offer becomes part of your HR strategy. So it's not enough to say you're obliged to come to the office. It's it's um, become compulsory. And people say, well, actually, I'm living out here. I've moved in COVID. That's two hours drive. I'm happy to come two days a week, but I'm performing well. Let me stay at home. But it goes further that some of our members um, and the Mauritius example is, is one extreme example almost. Like the workplace becomes part of your HR strategy. Work is part of life. It's not outside of life. So people expect now from the workplace, if you want to have talent, they want to go to a workplace that is inspiring, that's beautiful, where they feel alive. Where it's not like I live until 8 o'clock until I go into the office, then I work and then I start living again at 6. <laughs> I want to have a life, I want to have lifestyle during my work. So it means good coffee, it means a good environment, it means a beautiful environment, it means nice interactions while being productive. And this company, um, the one company moved there, and I won't mention their name, but they moved their, their headquarters from Joburg to Mauritius. And they're saying, well, we're doing complicated tech stuff and IT stuff. We need high quality uh, graduates from the best universities. So instead of being in Joburg, we're going to offer them a beautiful work environment in a beautiful location, and we offer them a lifestyle. So in that sense, we we see the workplace and where the workplace is as part of our HR strategy. And they attract the best talent because of what they offer, not only in salary, but the lifestyle that people can live. And if you people who follow Gen Z and they, they look at purpose, they look at their pleasure, they look at not so much can I can I suffer for 10 years until I get my boss's position. But can I live now? Can I have a have a great life, great work? I'm happy to perform, um, but I want to perform in a way that makes me also feel contributing something valuable and having a good life. Fascinating. I mean, Mauritius is just the kind of place, I suppose, that would get uh, the right kind of person saying, well, you know, I don't mind looking at a beach every day and living under the sun and being able to do my work all at the same time and having a, an existence uh, and, and, uh, and a life rather than just surviving through, uh, you know, day after day and week after week. And uh, yeah, some fascinating insights there by Workshop 17. Uh, that was Paul Kirsten, the co-founder and CEO of Workshop 17. And I know we're going to still be hearing a lot uh, from Workshop 17 as they expand. I know they've got uh, an office here in, in Santon. 
Uh, Central also got one in Rosebank. Uh, that's quite cool. And if you're in the area, you should actually just pop in and possibly grab a coffee and check it out. It's the bottom of the hour. We're going to have some music and more of the Santon Times Hour right after this. The Santon Times Hour continues. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 uh, with One More Time by Daft Punk. And uh, if you've been watching the last uh, season of Britain's Got Talent, well, doesn't that just want to make you rip off your safety vest? Taking you into the second half of the Santon Times Hour, my name is Alexander Leipner, and uh, you know how this works. If you listen regularly, if you uh, heard something on the show, it sounded interesting, but you can't remember all the details, uh, make sure to go onto the website, santontimes.ca.za, and visit the show notes where we'll put up all the information and so much more. Links, contact details, website addresses, uh, all of those good things. Uh, so don't forget to do that. Also, be sure to check out the social media accounts at Santon Times, and uh, there you can also get in touch with tweets, uh, posts, WhatsApps, voice notes, smoke signals, all of those things, uh, whatever works for you, and also use the hashtag SantonTimesHour. Well, if you've uh, been on uh, the hunt for a SIM card or, uh, you know, we're always updating our cell phones, we're always updating our contracts, we're forever doing all these things, there's a new player in the market uh, looking after all things mobile. It's a company called Melon Mobile. And uh, here to chat to me about uh, this uh, provider that's recently launched is Calvin Collett. He's the founder and CEO of Melon Mobile. And Calvin, it's good to have you on the Santon Times Hour. Yeah, great to have me. I appreciate being here. Calvin, tell me, Melon Mobile, what, what is this all about? So we, we specifically built Melon um, with the aim of, of changing the way things are currently done in mobile because there's specific things that are just not done right in our view. One is the, the inflexibility of contracts. Two is the expiry of data. And three is the fact that you have to physically go in store. You know, I think post-COVID, we've got used to actually, you know, buying more and more stuff online, doing stuff ourselves. So why should we not have to do that with a mobile? I mean, mobile at the end of the day is the, the catalyst for all things online, yet it's the one journey that you still have to physically go install. You're still stuck into long-term 24-month contracts, et cetera, and your data expires. So those are sort of three very specific USPs that we went out to challenge in the market, and we've delivered that. So, you know, we uh, our entire focus now is on how do we actually get you to switch and get in front of people to sort of show them the value that not only are we cheaper, so we, we're on average about 35 to 40% cheaper, but... You've got the flexibility of building your 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 plan. So it's month to month contracts where you know no twenty four month contracts and month to month meaning you can also change it every single month if you if you if you so wish. Uh, the data doesn't expire, so you know if you want to buy twenty gigs and use it for the next three months and not and not have to worry about that, you can do that. So we really try to create a flexible product that suits the average South African consumer versus boxing them into to kind so sort of what's out there at the moment. So if I understand this correctly, you're not necessarily a new network provider. I mean, you haven't gone up and set up cell phone towers and, and all of that infrastructure. You're sort of looking after that last mile, uh, that interface between the consumer and me wanting a SIM card or me wanting data, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and resolving those issues and those challenges. Yeah, 100%. We ran off the back of MTN's network. Okay. So we chose MTN specifically because they, for the last four years, they've been uh, the number one network in South Africa. So we've got that handled. But then we wanted to make sure that from the network, so, so call it the tower perspective onwards, is all us. So the packages, the the, the constructs, the expiry, the, the the customer journey, all of those things were 100% designed by us 
with a, a customer centric approach versus a and I always say there's a business approach or a, or, a, or a technology approach. You know, you tend to find the tech guys design how the customers interface, which is normally not the best way. So, so we really went with with the opposite in mind: is how do we build a product and a journey that matches the customer's requirements versus the other way around. Okay, and right now this is purely a consumer interface. I mean, there's no business packages at this point. We currently don't have any business packages. But I think that the SME and Soho market in South Africa has been completely neglected. So if you think of like a plumber or an artisan or, or anybody with 5, 10, 15, 20, even, even, even bigger, um, who want contracts, and, and I say contracts in inverted commas, um, for their staff, they currently have to physically go and sign 20 different contracts, which are typically not suited to each of those individuals. Whereas what we're offering is much the same approaches for the consumer where it's a slider approach. So how much data do you want for X? How much data do you want for Y? So each of those individuals will have customized packages month to month and they can change month to month as well. So if you start to see that, you know, your drivers need more data and your your salespeople need more minutes, as an example, you can completely construct those things in that fashion. And after month one, you see, well, geez, actually don't need as much data. We can reduce those data. So we're really, really trying to make it simple um, yeah. for the guys to get an ongoing, and, as, and I think the best way to explain it is a month-to-month contract where you don't have to uh, apply for, because I think that's the other problem is contracts are are quite draconian because you you need to give your bank statements, your wife, life, and kids away. And, a lot of the SMEs are don't have that 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 creditworthiness or their brand new businesses. So, being on a month to month, we don't have to worry about that. So we're able to give them access to the benefits of a contract without that lock in. Well, it, listen, don't even get me started. I mean, I recently had to upgrade a contract. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing. I've been with the network provider for the last whatever it is, 26 years or however. And and I mean, the amount of admin you have to go through. I mean, I think I visited the store five times. Then I sent, eventually said, can we switch this over to a business contract? They said, well, if you want a business contract, it's going to take six weeks. I was like, who's in business who's got time <laughs> six weeks to get a, a cell phone contract or just to upgrade or just to make a small change? I mean, it is actually quite remarkable how uh, that front line is almost working against these companies wanting to make money. I'm thinking like you're in business to make money, not to chase customers away. So it's great to see that there's a, a new player in the market. I mean, competition is always good. And uh, how's the response been like? The, the response has been really great. I mean, I think the the one thing that we, we've realized is the, the product, we've done extremely well in building a product. It's rock solid. It delivers exactly what we promised. Our challenge now is getting people to switch which is quite interesting. You know, people want the product, they love the, the, the non-expiry of data, they love the flexibility, but it's to push them over that edge to say, let go of my the old incumbent that I've been with for 25 years or whatever else it is, and then move across to <clears throat> a completely new way of doing it. Now, what we see is when we do push the guys over, they're not going back ever, right? But it's how do we get you to switch? And there's a there is a fear, and, and I will say it's not an irrational fear because switching in the past has been an absolute nightmare. Mm. So there's this intrinsic fear to say, geez, what if I move and I lose my number? What if I move and something else happens? So we've just launched a, a campaign that started this week, which was um switch and save in five minutes. So we will actually help you and and handhold you through the switch process. Well, that certainly sounds interesting. Making the switch, uh, Calvin Collett, 
founder and CEO of Melon Mobile, a new player in the market when it comes to mobile contracts. And it's been great having you on the Santon Times Hour. Connect with the Santon Times. Email editor at santontimes.co.za. All right, something that's been on many of our minds, uh, maybe not as recent, but uh, definitely over the last couple of uh, years, if not months, is load shedding. And we keep talking about it, unfortunately. And uh, as a result of that, a lot of us are trying to make plans to either get an inverter or a backup plan or a solar panel or just anything. I mean, at this point, even the, the Weber Bry will hopefully solve some problems. But uh, if you're going to go down this road, and I'm going through this uh, process right at this point, uh, you're trying to think, who's the supplier? Who's going to give me this inverter? Who's going to install it? Is it going to be the proper thing? Am I getting the right thing? It's a hell of an investment you're making. Um, and then the next uh, question is, you know, can I connect solar panels? Is my house ready for solar panels? Can I do all these things? There's a lot of things to consider. And uh, there's uh, a few dozen uh, businesses out there that are offering these services all with their own terms and conditions, all with their own way of doing things. And you're not quite sure exactly if you're getting the right deal, if it's uh, all uh, kosher. Uh, so to join me to discuss this in more detail is Peter Oliotti. He's the CEO of Inwe Risk Services. And Peter, are you finding a lot of people out there getting uh, the uh, short end of the stick when it comes to installing inverters and solar panels at their house? Uh, it's the latest growth industry in South Africa, and as we know, the economy is struggling. Uh, and you know, installing solar panels has become the next thing that everyone tries. Uh, and so, one has to be careful whether the firm that you're dealing with are reputable, experienced, and just because someone is an electrician doesn't mean they're qualified to install a solar panel a system or a solar system properly. I think one needs to be careful in terms of pricing as well. Uh, you tend to get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know it's difficult because these amounts can vary from 70 to 250,000 rand. So it's a big investment to make. It has other ramifications as well. Yeah, I, I think the big problem that a lot of us are facing and uh, is the fact that we are not all electricians, we're not all uh, energy experts, and I think slowly but surely many of us are becoming that. Uh, you know, you're doing your research, you're speaking to a lot of people, and you start understanding what a kilowatt is, what a what a megawatt is, uh, you know, how it all fits together, how much electricity your kettle needs, how much uh, electricity your microwave needs, does the TV work off anything specific, is it two-phase, is it three-phase? So we're getting there, but I think a lot of the operators out there that are trying uh, their luck are playing on the fact that many of us don't really know what to look out for. Uh, that is unfortunately the case with any sort of popular trend because the guys are out there to make money and uh, you know sometimes people are gullible for to smooth-talking salespeople, um, but then you live with the consequences. I mean, that's one thing we do from our business side is we learn about the consequences of these faulty installations uh, when it impacts all your electrical appliances and geysers and distribution boards and all that sort of thing. Certainly. I mean, this is not just a, a bad cell phone cover that doesn't fit properly or the color starts fading. This is a permanent installation in your house and you're having to literally live with it every single day. So what are some of the things that people should be looking out for when they start uh, venturing into the space, when they finally uh, got all their runs and their gold coins together to, to install either an inverter or a solar panel or both? Uh, what should they be looking out for? I think the first thing is to determine what you actually expect from a solar system. 
you know, as an example, I've got these uh, battery backups, uh, which are fine when the lights go out. I can still plug in my Wi-Fi and television and watch. And, you know, there's no installation of of a system involved, but I just can't have a hot bath or anything whilst load shedding is on. So it goes from that, which is fairly basic, to something which replaces your your electricity system when the power goes out for two sets of four hours a day. And so I, I think the most important starting point is what are you actually expecting from the system? What do you want it to do? Some people worry about geysers and having hot water. Other people are more worried about their stoves and their microwaves. And other people just want some lights and security system not to fail. So I think that's the starting point. And then once one has spec'd what exactly you want, you can provide that specification to a number of expert solar installers and let them come back to you with what they recommend and what the pricing is. And when we say experts, what, what kind of documentation or what kind of certification are we looking out for? Well, the first thing I, I like to ask is, do they carry insurance? Is the insurance with a reputable insurer? And is the amount of insurance that they cover sufficient if something goes wrong? Remember that a solar installation insured incorrectly can collapse the roof of your house if yeah. they have inspected properly or it could set your house alight. Uh, and then you're talking a couple of million rand. So you don't want to be doing business with someone who buys 500,000 rand uh, contractors liability cover because that's not going to help you very much. Yeah. So that, and then I also like to talk to uh, who have you done business with before and references. So I know a lot of people think, well, that's a schlep, but I promise you spending an hour or hour and a half phoning references is a small price to pay uh, for the problems that you sit with if you don't go down that, that road. Yeah. Sure, sure, absolutely. And uh, I mean, things like... Uh... You know, certain certificates. I know in my instance, I've also had people asking if you stay in, in sort of a, a gated community or an estate or a complex, they want certificate of compliances once it's installed. There needs to be certain documentation in place once everything's ready to go. Yeah, certificate of compliance is a, is a legal requirement that you require to have for any electrical installation, which a solar system is. So that, that is a requirement. It's also a requirement for your insurance. So the important thing is to also inform your insurance company that you are considering installing a solar system. And here are the credentials of the company that's going to be involved. And they're going to be busy for two weeks uh, because that is not automatically covered um, under your homeowner's policy. And as we said, we, we have seen a few cases of... Uh, damages occurring after, you know, sort of faulty installations. Uh, and then insurers turning around and saying, we're not paying the claim because you didn't use a certified installer um, and they didn't do it to spec. And they they um, did not do the specification to see if your roof could carry the weight of these 16 panels that you've installed. So that's, that's the basic stuff that one needs to do. 
Absolutely. Well, we're going to put up uh, that information and uh, a whole lot more uh, on the website, uh, on the show notes uh, this week. And uh, if you're looking at getting one of these systems, if you're looking to get uh, one or the other, be it uh, uh, an inverter or a solar panel or both, well, this might be something that might just uh, save you quite a bit of rands and also a lot of headaches. Uh, Peter Olliot, CEO of Indwe Risk Services, I thank you for making time to be on the Santon Times Hour. We're going to take a quick break, a bit of music, and we'll be right back with more after this. Online, on air, anywhere, anytime. This is the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and available on all good podcast platforms. And that was sure with a take on Fernando, that uh, ABBA classic. And that one's for my dad, who turns 89 this week. Happy birthday. And uh, here's to many more happy days, weeks, months, and years ahead. As we get into the final 100-meter uh, sprint of uh, the show and the uh, hour this week, I'm uh, going to share a quick story with you. I was uh, at the uh, park payment station the other day and uh, put some money in and got some change and realized that I was fed some completely new notes. And I don't know if you've come across some of these new notes, some of these new South African runt that are now in circulation. And I thought, well, let's get someone to chat to us uh, about this. Uh, there are some new notes, some new coins in circulation. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Pearl Kalehi. She is the head of the currency management department at the South African uh, Reserve Bank. And Pearl, before we get things going, and just for uh, all the parents out there, does money grow on trees? I certainly wish it was, but unfortunately, money doesn't grow on trees. Money is from the Reserve Bank, and I'm glad that you saw the new banknotes, the upgraded banknotes. Absolutely. Okay, well, there you have the official statement from the Reserve Bank. Money does not grow on trees, so if your kids ask you next time, now you know. But, Pearl, yes, the new currency and the new banknotes. I must say, they look fabulous. I got a 10 rand note with the rhino on it. It's a little bit of a different color green, but uh, we accept all colors of green. But tell us a little bit more about these uh, new banknotes. What, what, what is the, the, the thought and the thinking behind bringing out new currency? The color for 10 rand didn't change. What we slightly changed in the colors is the 200 rand, which was very similar to the 20 rand. We had the elderly complaining with the previous version that they would at times think that they are out a 20 rand and yet it was, it was a 200 rand. So you'll see now the 200 is more of an orange color. So that's the one that changed. And the 50 rand is now purple. But the 20, the 10 and the 100 are still the same colors. Okay, well, that's one hell of a mistake to make, handing out a 200 rand note instead of a 20 rand note. But that's probably some interesting feedback. And I suppose that leads to the question, why do you do this? And I mean, I suppose those are one of those things where you make those kind of corrections based on feedback that you get. But I suppose there's also some legislative or some, some practical or best practice that comes into play as well. Yes, I mean, you touched on the feedback. The feedback is important, and I'm hoping later we'll touch on some of security features or the visually impaired, which drove us to change. 
the other reason is that international best practice states that for every six to eight years, you actually as a central bank have to upgrade your banknotes. And for coin is every 20 to 30 years. And that's because technology in this space changes so much and therefore you have to adapt to technology. The second reason is you know about counterfeit um the syndicates become more clever and they try to emulate the banknotes. And therefore, we need to be a step ahead of the counterfeit. And that's why we always have to upgrade our banknotes, ensure that the integrity of our banknotes is still intact. So, so what are some of the new elements in terms of the, the banknotes? Have you used uh, a different uh, material to print it? You've also mentioned security features. So what are some of those upgrades that you've brought into, into this new uh, range? The paper or the what we call the substrate is still the same. So that hasn't changed. But what we brought in is that if you look at the the front of the banknote, just by the way, is where the portrait of Mandela is. So around the face of Mandela, we have the um, preamble of the constitution. So that is the one thing that we've added. We've got the flag on the banknotes. You'll see it on the front and also on the back of the banknote. We have also looked at the feature for the visually impaired. Previously, we would have one line for the 10 rand, two lines for the, tw- for, for the 20 rand. But what we brought now is, is quite different. It's the te- it's called the tactile mark. So on the lower denomination, the 20 and the 10 rand, it's on the short edge of the banknote. And what you would feel is the space, the gap in between the tactile marks. So there'll be one gap on the 10 rand, two gaps on the 20 rand. And that's how the visually impaired will differentiate between the denominations. But if you look at the higher denominations, it's on the long edge. So the 50 rand again has got one gap, the 100, two gaps, and the 200 has got three gaps. That's just one of the things that we've changed. Look at the watermark. Uh, previously, we used to have the image of, of, of Madiba. Right now, it's the image of the big fives. So on the 10 rand, like you said, you saw the 10 rand, you'll find the, the rhino. And that's a feature that you will see if you lift your banknotes towards the light. That's the one feature that you will see. We've catered for the partially sighted. Um, what you will see is the denomination numeral that is on there. If you're talking to the 10 rand, the 10 rand on the front of the bank note is printed in positive and negative text because some of them would see light, some of them will see something that is dark, and that's why um, we, we, we've done it in that but also for the partially cited, we've got something called a see-through perfect print registration, which is the animal, so the big five animal. But in the, it's, it's encapsulated by a shape where in the 10 range, you see the diamond shape. In the 20 range, you see a rectangle. And with our stakeholder engagement, we got to understand that the partially sighted people will learn using the shapes. 
Well, it's fascinating. I mean, who would have thought that there is so much tech and so much design that goes into uh, dealing with our currency? And uh, Pearl Kalehi, head of the currency management department at the South African Reserve Bank, I thank you for uh, sharing some of those insights with us. And we're also going to put something up on the website if you were listening to that and want to see uh, some more details, know exactly what to look out for, especially now in this time of transition. We'll put that up on the sandtontimes.ca.za. And Pearl, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's it for another Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and is always available as a podcast on all good podcast platforms. If you want to get in touch, you can email editor at santontimes.ca.za and uh, if you're on social media, well, look for the Santon Times on your favorite social media platform as well as the website. You can go on to www.santontimes.ca.za for all the stories and more. Feel free to send through your questions, your comments, your feedback, your thoughts, your input. It's always good to hear from you. And a big thank you to all my guests who made time to be on the show this week. And also, Vincenzo, yeah, I heard your comment, by the way. Uh, You're stuck on the 10 Rand notes, and one day you're going to get the 200 Rand notes when you grow up. Listen, join the club. Join the club. I also want to see one of those 200 Rand notes uh, one day. Well, thank you to the Santon Times team, as well as everyone at Mix 93.8. And of course, thank you to you for listening. And let's connect again next week.